Buenos dias! Welcome to another daily devotion. I'm your host again, El Padre. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. If you haven't read it already, please go ahead and do so. Um, in fact, if you're a daring kind of person, I really suggest that you do yourself a favor and go ahead and just read Galatians all at once. Uh, it won't take you a ton of time, but if you do it, I think you'll find that things will make way, way more sense to you. Um, and, and I say that because essentially... Uh, the whole book uh, is essentially about uh, one subject. Um, and like everything he says, it is in a nutshell uh, attempting to reinforce one idea, uh, which I, yesterday, Pastor Dan, um, definitely brought up, uh, and so today it's 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 just this idea of salvation. Um, one thing you'll see in uh, the book of Galatians is he uses the word uh, grace uh, to refer. Sometimes it refers to blessings, um, but sometimes it also is referring to salvation. Uh, so you could say, uh, like in, in the book of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says it's for by grace you've been saved through faith. Uh, and so sometimes when you see the word grace, it's it's sort of like a shorthand way, I guess, of saying um, salvation. Like that's what he's referring to. Uh, but in this one, it, it is salvation. It is through faith alone in Jesus. Hopefully... Uh, yeah, is it all in there? Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'll try to keep everything on screen for you. Uh, it's through faith alone in Jesus. Now, uh, there are some small side uh, ideas that are taking place in here, um, but the overwhelming argument against this, the struggle that lots of people have, especially Jews, but anybody who comes from a religion aside from Christianity, if you like if you grew up with something aside from Christianity, it's always uh, works based. Um, and so what that means is that I have to on my own, somehow I have to do enough good things in order to be approved by God. Uh, what we believe uh, based on the gospel message is that Jesus uh, fulfilled the law, uh, and so by doing that, it means that he, he lived a sinless, perfect life. Uh, he died on the cross, uh, paid for all of our sins, and that when we put our faith in him, uh, we get Jesus' righteousness. And so when we stand before God, then we get to say that uh, we are saved. Um, or you could say that we're, we're holy uh, because of Jesus. It is not because of anything you do. It's not because of anything that uh, I do. It, the only thing that makes you holy is 
your faith in Jesus. Now, once you are saved, obviously, uh, it's, there are good works that you want to do. And the fruit of salvation should lead to good works. Things like serving, uh, serving grandparents, serving old people, helping old ladies walk across the street, all of those types of things. Like, those are the types of things obeying the Bible, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, turning the other cheek. These are all things that should be out of the fruit of the fact that we're saved. It should not be done in order to allow us to be saved. So works never lead to salvation. Uh, again, uh, it's in faith in Jesus alone. Uh, it's not Jesus plus works uh, or, or even Jesus plus someone else. Uh, it's, it's only Jesus. And so Paul, in chapter 1, begins this discussion, and then he jumps in, and, and he, he is talking about uh, it as well in chapter 2. Uh, and we're going to take off reading in verse 1, but he says, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles. So here is something that's super important. I'm going to change my markers because I can. First off, we, we want to talk about this because there's uh, sometimes there's confusion around this, and I want to make it even more confusing for you, I guess. Uh, R-E-V, Revelation. Um, revelation can be both. It can be both um, like a vision or a dream. Um, so like uh, maybe God sends an angel to you, uh, in a vision or a dream and tells you something important, uh, that can be considered revelation, but so can uh, maybe like you're just studying the Bible uh, and you realize something. Like both of those are uh, considered revelation. My personal expectation when I read this is that it is this, uh, that it would be a vision that Paul received a vision um, from the Lord telling him, according to this, to go to Jerusalem. Uh, and the reason I say that is because, um, sure, there are a lot of verses in the Bible that say to go to Jerusalem, like especially in the Psalms, like to go up to Mount Zion, like that could be. Um, but it's, you know, it's far more likely, uh, I think, uh, but you can argue, you're welcome to push back, uh, that it would be this way. But either way, that's a small note. Uh, let's keep going. He says, I went up according to Revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach, but among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders. So real quick, um, I'm going to change colors again, but really quick. Uh, this is something that I think is important. Uh, there are a lot of people out there right now that are running around saying that they don't have to have credentials, uh, you know, to be a minister of God. So I'm going to write that here. Uh, that you do not have to be, like, uh, ordained, maybe, 
is the way that they say it now. Uh, th this here, like you don't actually, like this isn't all that important anymore. Uh, you know, because the Bible in the book of Acts, it talks about how they, they saw that the disciples were untrained, uh, uneducated men, um, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. A lot of people would say that this isn't really important. What matters is that you've been with Jesus. Um, well, I, I recognize that it is, both of those are actually true. Uh, it matters that you've been with Jesus. It also matters uh, that you are uh, credentialed, so to speak. Being with Jesus can lead to this. Now, Paul, uh, he does not, he, one of the points he's trying to make is, look, like before he even came before these guys, he was preaching the message uh, of the gospel. Uh, but he received that through revelation. We know that because Jesus showed up to him whether in a vision or in person, we're not, it's not super duper clear. Uh, but either way, Jesus appears to him on the Damascus road, right? And then not, he falls off his horse, goes blind. Uh, you know, there's witnesses. Um, and so he receives the gospel uh, through revelation. And then he starts teaching and preaching. But one of the things that he does at the beginning, is he, he says this. Uh, I went, he went before these guys. So, uh, like I'll, I'll put it like this. Like in my personal story, it's some, something similar. Uh, when I first preached, I was 16 years old. I was not credentialed. I was not ordained. However, uh, you could say uh, that there were people that kind of uh, oversaw what I said, so to speak. But eventually, in order for me to do this job here, I had to receive credentials. Uh, and this is important. Why? Because it verifies that everybody who receives credentials from whatever organization, that we're all saying the same thing. Yeah, so credentials are good. They're all important. Because one of the things you want to make sure is that people are teaching the same thing. You want them to teach the correct thing. Uh, you want them to teach faith in Jesus alone, uh, that there is faith in no other name under heaven, or there is salvation in no other name under heaven. And credentials and ordination is sort of this uh, process by which we, we put people through, not so that we can just like, um, you know, expand our own personal empires, but so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. Uh, we want to make sure everybody's teaching the same thing. And this is but Paul goes before these local leaders and he tells them what he's been teaching. Because he says this, I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. He, he'd only been teaching for a little while because he wanted to make sure what he was teaching was correct, not in vain. Um, and so let's keep going. Uh, but then he says this, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. Now, this might seem like a bizarre uh, insert. Like, why in the world would you be telling us about Titus not feeling compelled to be circumcised? Uh, and, and this is why. Uh, because from the get-go, uh, Paul, uh, and I think uh, there's a good chance Pastor Dan... Uh, talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, but early on in, in the formation of the church, 
Uh, we see this, I think it's Acts 15. Uh, but basically, there was this giant conflict of how much of the Old Testament law do we require people to obey and practice now? Um, and so what they ended up doing is they had something called the G Jerusalem Council, and they ended up basically saying, like, look, guys, there's these four things, and I'm going to try to remember them. Uh, I, essentially, uh, I think it was um, food... Uh, don't eat food that has blood in it. Um, and then he says, uh, don't eat meat that was strangled, uh, meat that was sacrificed to idols. And then he says, I believe that it, it says sexual morality, which is any sexual, uh, anything that is sexual in nature outside of the marriage covenant. So between one biological man, one biological female who have been married, uh, and anything outside of that, no matter what it is, is considered sexual immorality. No matter what it is, sexual in nature. So uh, with that being said, so this is what they said. Look, these are the things that we're expecting you to do if uh, you are a Gentile, who comes to know the Lord, who uh, has Jesus uh, living inside of them, uh, who has the Spirit of God living inside of them. If you've been saved, if you've been justified, um, these are the four things that we're asking of you. And this is, some of this is mostly just so that you don't offend the Jews to the point to where like, they can't work together. So the Jews and the Gentiles in the church in Jerusalem are, are working together. Uh, and you see, as people and the gospel is going forward, uh, you see lots and lots of Gentiles getting saved. There's lots and lots of um, Jews in communities, dif different communities that are getting saved as well. And these people had crept in, and they started requiring guys to get circumcised. Uh, and one of the things that Paul is saying is that circumcision uh, never saved you to begin with. There's no reason to do it. Uh, it has no, no benefit necessarily, like, uh, to, like especially for a, a man to do later in life. Um, and so, uh, let's see, he goes and he says this, that Titus didn't feel compelled to do it. Why? Because Titus was already an adult. Um, he, he doesn't feel compelled because if he does, if he tries to get circumcised as an adult, then he's trying to fulfill the law uh, and, and then the faith, faith is, is no longer of any use. Uh, there is a situation where Paul circumcises, I think it's Timothy, but it's because he's a biological Jew, um, his mom is a Jew, uh, and he's living and doing ministry among Jews. And so that's one of those things where, like, he's not doing it as a way to get saved, he's doing it as a way to not offend the people he lives with. Um, and so... That would be my best uh, guess as to why. But then he says this. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. When you're trying to fulfill the law, again, on your own, instead of trusting in Jesus' work that he did, uh, what you are doing is um, 
going back into slavery to the left. However, we did not give up and submit to these people for even a moment so that the truth of the gospel will be preserved for you. Now, from those recognized as important, uh, he's talking about the other apostles, uh, what they once were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. In other words, when he came before uh, the, the apostles, um, they didn't add a single thing to his gospel because he was already teaching everything that was correct. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised. Since the one at work in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles, when James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They asked only that we remember the poor, which we had made every effort to do. Now, this is where we're going to get into like a smaller sidetrack, and I know we're running we're running low on time, so I'm just going to do this super fast. Uh, it says, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Uh, this is important. So, um, so this is what's important. Um, a lot of times when there is an issue, uh, sin or even perceived sin among believers, um, a lot of times what happens is we just, a lot of times, like, we just gossip and we don't ever do anything about it, at least not according to the way Jesus said. And so you, what I love about Peter is he's following the protocols given by Jesus in Matthew 18. Um, and so he says this, um, he opposed him to his face. Uh, so, Whenever you see somebody doing something that they're not supposed to do, you have to talk to them face to face. This is so important. Now, I do understand uh, a lot of guys in ministry nowadays uh, have guard dogs called secretaries who, when you're calling, will absolutely ignore you. Uh, and so there, maybe there are other ways that you need to get a hold of these people uh, and call them to repentance. Uh, and he says this, For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared that those uh, from he feared those from the circumcision party. The rest of the Jews joined at his hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. And when I saw that they were de deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone. Now, Paul is seeing that Peter is leading this, this, these people astray. And so what does he do? He, he confronts him to his face, and he actually does it in front of everyone. Uh, why is this important? In a normal case, especially in Matthew 18, you would say, um, why wouldn't you just pull him off to the side and have a conversation? Well, the reason is because he's leading lots of people uh, into sin, uh, is leading lots of people astray, uh, and Peter is an elder. It's not necessarily because he's old, although he could have been, it's because he is left as an overseer in the church. He's one of the apostles. Uh, one of the things you see Paul uh, make a really strong case of, let's see here, in 
First Timothy chapter 5, when he's leaving instructions for how he's supposed to conduct, lead the church, basically, uh, one of the things he says this is in verse 19. Don't accept an accusation against an elder unless it is supported by two or three witnesses. Publicly rebuke those who sin so that the rest will be afraid. Listen. Peter is sinning and he is causing other people, even Barnabas is being led astray. And so Paul confronts Peter in order to call everybody back into repentance. Uh, it's not just so that he can badmouth him. It's not so that he can gossip about him. Uh, think about this. Like if the majority of the leaders around you are, are off, uh, it, it is not to your advantage. Um, you're not going to win popularity contests by calling everybody to repentance in front of everybody, even if it is face-to-face. -face. Um, but uh, he goes into this argument then and says, look, guys, uh, why are you as a Jew compelling Gentiles to live like a Jew when you as a Jew are living like Gentiles? Like, guys, we're being hypocrites here. Uh, or or y'all are being hypocrites here. And so he says, look, guys, we re already recognized, we, we couldn't even save ourselves when we were under the law. Uh, it, it's only this. It is only this. Faith in Christ alone. And he, he actually uh, says this, and yet because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Christ and faith in Jesus the Messiah. All right, we're going to close there because we're already over. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed on this wonderful Friday morning. Hopefully, uh, you know, the weather is good wherever you are watching from. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't done it already, please subscribe to the channel. Click the little bell and you'll be notified whenever one of our videos is available. Which, guess what? That's every day. Um, also, oh yeah, if you would like to, um, you can support this channel by making a tax-deductible donation in the link in the description below. Thank you so much for joining us today. Peace out, Girl Scouts.